Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Everything in the world has taken our attention away from God. And something feels very, very uh, uh, spiritually evil about that. Don't get me wrong. Nothing is in and of itself bad. Matter of fact, a lot of it can be useful good. You know, I just came back from Autech, the Bahamas, the military, where they are listening to the sermons on podcasts. And every Sunday in the chapel, they listen to us here at Calvary Chapel on podcast. That's a good thing. The Internet is good for that. All of that's good. But, 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 but there's some things that, that we as Christians, we have allowed the world to take our attention away from God. And when the first thing we do when we get up in the morning, we check Facebook. Somebody said, say, ouch, amen. First thing, we check our emails or we turn over and check the, I I used to do that. I had to check myself. Don't get me wrong. Labor must first be a partaker of the fruit. So I can't stand here and tell you nothing that hadn't already like ripped me up, tore me, shredded me. God gave me grace to stand up here, shred it. (laughs) Back bleeding and everything else. I had to check the who who texted me. Ain't nobody texting you in the middle of the night. You sleeping? So are they? <laughs> Wait, well, I gotta check who te- who's texting me. You know what? The world is taking our attention away from the things of God, and our te- we're so distracted now. We're so distracted. When it comes to, I'd say this: when it comes to the things of God, we are so distracted. Why, I got to say it every Sunday. Listen, um, and if you step out doing the teaching for any reason whatsoever, please take a seat in the overflow room. It's not to be a distraction on your way out and on your way in. Got to say that. Why? Because during the teaching, people will get, I don't understand it. When God's word is going forth, we don't move around and running around and, 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 and Satan will put it in your head. Oh, you got to get some water right now. <laughs> Man, I'm going to die. If I don't get some water right now, I'm going to dry up like you in the Sahara or something. It's like, <laughs> where'd that come from? It's like, you got, that's the enemy distracting you, trying to get you to walk out that door. Because just when you walk out that door, a word is going to come from this pulpit that's going to make a difference in your life. That's why the devil wants to keep you distracted, see. But on the other hand, now, if we go to a movie, we, we, that movie could be three days long. <laughs> 
and you sit right there and listen. But I mean, you got a party. It's like you got. I mean, you got to go. You be like. Man, it's almost over. I think I only got like, like I only got eight and a half more hours. I got to go. I got to go. We'll, we'll wait, won't we? But for teaching of God, no, we won't do that. I don't understand that. Listen, reverence God. Give God the time that is due him. When someone is teaching the word of God, that is God's word. Let's respect the word of God. That's all I'm asking you to do. Let's respect the teaching of the word of God. And parents, this one's for you. Teaching should be happening in the home. Don't expect children's church to do for your children what you need to do. You know, people get mad and no prayer in school, but they don't crack their Bibles in the home. I don't understand that. Proverbs 22, 6 says this. Train up a child in the way that he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Listen, parents, teach your children. Teaching your children is the most important responsibility you have. It is more important than your career. You would be better off to make less money and just, Lord's going to provide, we're going to get by. This is what Elvira and I did for many, many, many years. Many years. God will provide. But my children being raised by someone else, that's not going to happen. Because you're going to be teaching them your values. And I'm pretty confident that your values and my values are going to be really, really different. And I'm not saying the way you teach is wrong, but I need to raise my children. God has given my children to me. God has given your children to you. And they are more important than your career. They are more important than your stuff. They are more important than your house. Somebody say amen. They are more important than your nice car. Drive a raggedy beat up car. So what y'all get from the sermon today? Drive a raggedy beat up car. <laughs> Drive it. Because your children are important. God has committed them to you. Teach your children at home. Do Bible study with them at home. Now listen, don't start in Leviticus. <laughs> Amen. You'll turn them off very quickly. But when they're young, their memories are like sponges. Deuteronomy, put that verse back up for me. Deuteronomy said, thank you. Deuteronomy says, talk about them when you sit in your house. Talk about them when you walk by the way. Talk about them when you lie down and when you rise up. Bind them on your hands between your eyes and write them on the doorposts of your heart. Now, here's something else about the truth. Truth, listen, changes more than your mind. It changes your life. When you come in contact with truth, can somebody say amen there? When you come in contact with truth, it changes you in a positive way. When you come in contact with truth, it sets you free from bondage and legalism and any other legalism. Truth never leaves you in the same place. It always takes you higher. Truth always takes you higher. People are always better when you come in contact and hear the truth. 
And that's why you need to desire it and reverence it and crave it. People said, Peter said, as a newborn babe desires the sincere milk of the word of God that you might grow thereby. In other words, crave truth the way a baby craves his mommy's milk. Everybody, listen, does not have the gift of teaching, but we are all expected to teach. Every Christian, what you mean, pastor? Every Christian should be able to teach. Paul told his young son in the faith, Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 2, if you're taking notes, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So we're all called to teach in some capacity. We should all be spiritually mature enough and know enough of the word of God to be able to teach somebody something. The teaching ministry was commanded in the New Testament. You know this, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Jesus commanded that we Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. Jesus instructed his disciples and you and me to teach all over the world. Teaching was a priority in the apostolic ministry in the book of Acts. Write this down, Acts chapter 5, keep up with me, Acts chapter 5, 21. They went to the temple and they taught, Acts 5, 42. They didn't cease preaching and teaching day and night. Acts 18.11 tells us Paul was in Corinth a year and a half teaching the word of God. Paul taught in Ephesus for two years from house to house. 1 Timothy 4.13, Paul told Timothy to give attention to teaching. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. In the New Testament, the teaching ministry was important. Now you ask, what's the difference between teaching and preaching? Listen, very important and very easy. What's the difference between teaching and preaching? Preaching is for the lost. Teaching is for the saved. Preaching, I'm trying to keep it simple. Put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. Preaching is for the lost. Teaching is for the saved. When you preach, you evangelize the lost. When you teach, you equip and build up the saints. The church in the U.S., we are evangelizing the evangelized with altar calls every Sunday. I, that's my background. You guys know. I come from a church where they had an altar call every Sunday. Every Sunday. I know I got saved at least 14 times before I really realized that I was really saved. Because when the pastor gave the altar call, is there one that would like to give his life to Christ? Well, I had a week and maybe I had a little road rage or something like that. And to me, that was like a real big sin. So, you know, when he said you want to get saved, I'm like, okay, I'll get saved again. And then the next week, you get saved, when you get saved, I get saved again. And then I finally realized, once you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, you are saved. Somebody clap your hands and say amen or something. But, 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 and, and then over the years, we, we've come to expect altar calls in the church. And where did this come from? I mean, think about it. Where did it come from? Look at church history. Church history, non-believers or unsaved people didn't come to church. They, were no, they didn't come to church. Uh, you look in the first century, uh, the second, the third, uh, the fourth, the 14th, the 15th, the 18th, the 19th, the 20th, and even now. There's no reason to give an altar call or to feel like you have to give an altar call 
in a corporate assembly. The church is largely for believers, the place for believers to come and be strengthened and be equipped and taught the word of God. That's my job. My job is to teach you the word of God. Your job is to take the word that you have learned and go out into the workplace and the schools and tell people the things that you have learned here. And then you lead them to Christ there. Don't bring, you know, some people are, you know what? Why don't you come to church with me? Man, you know what? I really wish you'd come to church with me. How about this? How about not necessarily trying to get them to church, but how about trying to lead them to the Lord to know Christ and then they'll want to come to church or, or, or then you offer them to come to church versus bring them to church so the pastor can get them saved. That's kind of the idea. Bring them to church. I've had people tell me that. Pastor Wright, I've been trying to get my uncle to come to church because I know if he listened to you, you can get him saved. I go, I can't get nobody saved. So, but don't do that to me. Please, uh-uh, I can't get nobody saved. And generally the week that he comes is, is usually one of the messages that ain't got nothing to do with salvation. <laughs> and they get saved. And it is, <laughs> that's just the way it works. But that's your responsibility is to take what it is that God has taught you here and then you go out and you share with other people. No problem with altar calls in the church. But it is a problem when there is an altar call expected in the church. Because then you wind up doing them. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You wind up doing them just because. And when that happens, that's disastrous. It's a wrap. It's over. Done. You, you've been there. Y'all know y'all been there. Would anybody like to get saved? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? 20 minutes later, is there one? Is there one? 30 minutes later, is there, is there anybody that would, is there anybody would like to just say they're wrong? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? I remember one time it went so long, I went, you know what? I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I just want to get out of here, man, get a chicken sandwich. That's all I wanted to. Can I just get out of here and get a chicken sandwich, please? <laughs> the greatest need, and, and, and maybe I can get a witness, the greatest need in the church today is sound biblical teaching. Am I right about that? Somebody once said in the day's church, we have sermonettes for Christianettes delivered by preacherettes. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of what, saints? Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you from being priest over me because you have forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children. I found this verse last night. I don't think I've ever seen it before. Isaiah 5.13, therefore my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Four points and then we're done. How the gift of teaching should be operated. Got a pen? Number one, the gift of teaching should be operated or exercised in the power of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians 2, 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing except Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of power 
that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The gift of teaching, number two, should be developed in others. Second Timothy 2.2. 2. And the things that you've heard from me, among many witnesses, commit these things to faithful men who shall also be able to teach. Number three, the gift of teaching should be used to build up the body of Christ. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. And finally, number four, the gift of teaching should be exercised according to ability. First Peter four eleven, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability with which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory, belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Listen, Jesus was the master teacher. At 12, he puzzled the learned doctors. Socrates taught for 40 years. Plato for 50 years, Aristotle for 40 years. That's a total of 130 years. Listen, Jesus only taught for three and a half years. And in Jesus' three and a half year ministry, he impacted more lives in a greater way than Socrates, Aristotle, and Plato put together. Jesus' three and a half years of ministry turned the world, I like to say, right side up. Because that's what teaching does. Teaching, again, never leaves you in the same place. It always takes you higher. When I first heard teaching, y'all know I come from Pentecostal church. And the church I come from, you know, Sunday morning, you dress up for church. I mean, you dress up. You, you dress up like suit, tie, Our first Sunday, we went to Calvary Chapel, Vista, California. Anybody know what that is? Calvary Chapel, Vista, California. Pastor Brian Broderson. And uh, we we had just come from, you know, Church of God in Christ, Pentecostal Church. Our first Sunday walking into the Calvary Chapel. It was a nice little church. At that time, it was a little church. Um, They had taken buses, school buses, and gutted them and made classrooms out of them. In California, you can do that. They had made classes. It was really, really cool. And um, everybody had on shorts and flip-flops and T-shirts. It's almost like here. You know the visitors because they're usually all dressed up. If you want to be like a greeter, just look at visitors. If they've got suit and tie on, you go, oh, hey, you must be a visitor here. They go, yeah, how'd you know? I don't know. I just got God. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the Lord all over me. And so, you know, I come from a church where, you know, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you know, you got the preacher and, the, you know, the, the shouting and the God, the Lord is going to be with you. You don't know what I know. You don't know what I know, what God can do for you if you ask him. He'll come to you. You ain't feeling me. Come on, people. Yes! (laughs) 
So that's in my background. So I come to this church, and these people, it's like they got on shorts and T-shirts, and, and the worship, they were like, it was like, like a pastor mat, but it was like one other lady. I'll never forget, it was one other lady. And they were singing like one song. This song, they go like, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I'm looking at Elvira going, are you hearing this? You know, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, do people actually, is this worship? They got on flip-flops and t-shirts. This is throwing me off, the t-shirts and the flip-flops and the shorts. And, and, and nice people, really, really nice people. And the pastor stood up and began to teach the word of God. And I honestly had never heard much like your experience here. You walk in, you're very, think about when you first walked in here and you never heard the teaching of the word of God. It affects you. And, and it changed my life forever. I remember looking at him. I don't know why I did this, but I remember looking at him. He had on some, some like regular khaki pants and like a regular docker shirt or something like that and he's standing up there teaching the book of revelation and I, 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 we were sitting on the back row because that's where visitors usually sit on the back row in case something pop off you gotta get out of here quick so <laughs> i mean i get you i feel you i understand so we are sitting on the back row and i never forget i was crying because i never heard the word of god i never heard it I heard it, but I never heard it. And when I heard it, I started crying. I was like, I was weeping. And and I thought to myself, I remember thinking, if that guy can do it, can teach God's word like that and make it that clear, I can do it. I'll never forget that. Don't know why I thought that. But I did. So I would go to work, and during lunch, Pastor Chuck Smith would come on the radio. And we had a Volkswagen minivan at the time. And I used to get my tuna sandwich, get in the minivan. 12 o'clock, the word for the day would come on. Pastor Chuck was teaching through the book of Romans. I went through the entire book of Romans on the radio with Pastor Chuck Smith. Well, then in the meantime, I started a Bible study. So I would then go from listening to Pastor Chuck Smith to the very next day having my own Bible study. And I would teach the same thing I heard from Pastor Chuck just the day before. And the guys in Bible study were like, man, you are anointed. You are deep. And I'd go, well, somebody's got to be. I mean, and I began to study the word of God that was 30 years ago. And who would have ever thought? And who would have ever thought that God would take a drug-using nine-year-old from Philadelphia. Done every drug you can think of. My mind was gone. I remember going to the Navy, and I don't know how I passed the ASVAB, but I did, and scored really high. Don't remember it? I just, I was high when I went to take the test. This was before your analysis, where they, they weren't doing your analysis like every day. And now this is not, you know, And I don't remember junior high and high school. All I remember is January 23rd, 1982. At that church, when that pastor gave that altar call, I came down front 
and God changed my life. When I said yes to Jesus, listen, I did not levitate. I did not start glowing. I did not start speaking in tongues. You know, people go, to well, the manifestation of the Spirit is given when you speak in tongues and you will know that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. I have never spoken tongues in my 32 years of being a Christian. I can tell you I am filled with the Spirit. I have been filled with the Spirit. That is not a manifestation. My life has never been the same. And who would think that God, this is why I'm telling you, I know we serve an awesome God. Now I'm going to let you go get your chicken sandwich. I'm telling you, I know we serve an awesome God. When God can take a life like mine and turn it around and do something with it and take ashes and make something. I don't know what it is yet. We're still trying to figure that out. But make something out of it. We serve a great and awesome God. Somebody need to clap your hands and say amen. Yes, we do. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.